podcast. I'm a tired, tired drag queen, Matt. And today I have a very special guest with me. If you're a girl, she's the clown under your bed that will give you a real quick handy. If you're a man, she's the clown under your bed that will kill you. It is Lena DeLuna. Thank you. And I'm also a tired clown. So I I vibe with that for sure. Um, And today, Kivy is not on the podcast because Kivy is very busy. And uh, yeah. Let's recap. So let's recap, shall I'm we? Pumped. So we're on season four of Dragula, and you may ask yourself, why are they starting this recap show five episodes in? It's because I didn't have time to watch it until now, so we're doing it now. Um, but we are on episode one. I guess we can just get right into it, right? So they, Dragula, Lena doesn't know this because Lena hasn't seen the other seasons. I've seen, I guess we can start with that. My experience with the show, I've seen most of season one which is season one's like a far cry from this because like I said before off the pod it's like free on YouTube and I'm pretty sure like all the queens are like LA queens and they shot it like you know in LA um but you know then season two had more of a budget and they had a little bit more of this concept so I've seen part of season two Elena has not seen any of it except for this um but they usually start off with like a little like horror variety show clip with the boulets who are the hosts of the show um and this time they have a weird thing with masks they sold like halloween masks this year for a little bit of context so those are the halloween masks and they have like to me it reads like uh, the movie halloween 3 because there were like these masks that made people go crazy and kill people um fun fact apparently each of these little scenes is like a hint about who goes home oh okay yeah. i I've been so confused as to seems like they're cool looking, but I just, it feels out of place. It's a cold open. It's a cold open for sure. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't ever make much sense. But someone said that because I listened to another recap show, uh, Sloppy Seconds, which has one of the girls from season one of Dragula, Meatball. Um, and they were like talking about that. And that does make sense. Some of them don't make so much sense. I mean, again, we've watched ahead. So I'm sure like it's not our genuine first reactions to the show that we're giving on this podcast. But, you know, um, f- like that, the second episode, which is the Nos- Nosferatu beach party, like apparently the only hint is that the person was wearing an ugly dress, which is like, that's not a hint. <laughs> no, no, it's not. Um, but okay, so we arrive after the very, very long opening scene. We arrive at some sort of warehouse, right? Um, and we start with, uh, the, and this is basically where we meet our queens, right? Mary Cherry pulls up in a truck and says, I don't fuck with ghosts. So she doesn't want to get out. 100% same. I do not like, I love creepy stuff, but as soon as anything ghost or demon related feels real, I'm like, uh uh-uh, uh, I'm just going to go in the corner and cry. I don't yeah. deal with that stuff. I have a very, actually, I think I've talked about this with Gibby on the pod previously, but I have a very like hard time with haunted houses. I love horror shit. I love watching horror movies. I don't mind being uncomfortable, like in the safety of my house, but gang up in my space, I don't want it. Yeah, absolutely. It fight or flight, I will first flight. But if you're in my face, it's fight, bitch. (laughs) Like me and my co-host Kibby, we went um for my for our other friend Faye's birthday. We went to this haunted house in the middle of nowhere, Pennsylvania, where all haunted houses are. Um, and like they had like all the people jumping out. I just shut my eyes and we all held hands and ran through it, which does beg the question: why would we do in the first place? But who the hell knows? I love. 
I would love to quote my mother right now. She has a saying that it's either evil or it's nothing. So that's my mentality with Ouija boards, with any sort of summoning stuff. Which, why would you risk it? Why would you risk it? The Ouija board thing, especially, like, I remember in one of my, just memory lane, I guess, one of my college dorms, again, my friend Faye and our mutual friend, uh, Audrey, Audrey just like made a makeshift Ouija board in my dorm room. I was like, no, no, no. take it out. Take it out. Stop. <laughs> um, but Mary Terry is very averse, which I feel like people read her for because it's Dragula, but also we understand. Yeah, she's not my favorite, but I we can get into that. I think Mary Terry is a fun character to talk about, like character in the sense of like reality TV character. Mm-hmm. Um, so she enters and there's basically someone jump scaring her who's like hanging from the ceiling. Um, oh, we should talk about her entrance looks podcasting. I don't have any photos because it's so difficult to find a fucking photo of these. So I have like the, (laughs) the RuPaul's Drag Race, like, uh, fandom wiki has like a page, but it's all gifts. So, and I can't screenshot. Okay. Uh, so Mary Cherry has like this red, very drag, like, I think it's a bodysuit, right? Mm, it, like bodysuit dress. Mini dress. Yeah. Yeah. It, I mean, it's that drag thing where it has like the bodysuit bottom underneath, probably. Um, yeah. it, when it catches the light, it looks like it has, it looks like it's beaded. So that's lit. Um, mm-hmm. She kind of has that like 80s rocker hair. I honestly kind of found the entrance look boring. I agree. Um, I think I know they clearly have a directive that they can't talk about Drag Race because they probably would get sued on the show. But I mean, it's kind of hard in this climate in like a drag competition show not to talk about Drag Race. I think Drag Race has kind of like tainted that idea. I mean, if you look at early seasons of Drag Race, like entrance looks aren't that big of a deal because they probably got the idea. I mean, they're dunking them in pools of water and doing stuff like that. So, you know, it's dress comfortable. The next entrance look sent me straight to hell with the, which is Astrid Aurelia. I um, liked it. I would wear her outfit. Okay. I think the outfit I have less of a problem with. Here, let me see. It's like coming in on the gift. This is, this is what I'm talking about. The fact is, I love the hair. I'm obsessed with mm-hmm. the hair. She has like this like banged, like crazy rocker hair behind her. It's think, super edgy. Right. I think maybe we're, again, like you were saying, it's lackluster probably because they were meant to be comfortable and it just looks like a rocker chick like walking to the bank to me. <laughs> so it's not like I, would, I would wear that to the bank. Right, 100%. exactly. Again, what sends me straight to hell, I literally wrote, is this bitch wearing Tim's electric chair because <laughs> she's wearing Tim Lin's and that I hate. Why? I just like put a heel on. I love a chunky boot, though. I know. I do, too. Also, this will come back in the judging, but Dragula does not treat chunky boots very well, let's say. Yeah, yeah. I saw it mentioned later in the episode. And that was I established could... in, like, season one, so I don't I don't remember what the Boulay brothers' names are because they're insane, but the big one fucking hates those Club Kid boots, which this isn't a Club Kid boot, but... Uh... Okay. Okay. Yeah. I, I mean, I feel like boots have become a big part of my clown thing because it's just right. kind of a way of like communicating edginess. I agree. And I think probably that's where it comes from is it's like, it's been that way since like the nineties. So that by the time we're coming to like this decade on like a horror drag show, it's kind of a little overdone. So I, I think there's a lot of stuff that are except that like you can get away with in a club that like on a main stage on TV show, they're not really pleased with, you know? Um, which 
I mean, whatever. Moving on, we have La Zabaleta from Mexico City. Honestly, this looks cunt to me. I love it. I'm into it. I like the heel shoulder pads. I was going to say, I love the heel shoulder pads. Did you notice that the that has like, yeah, it has like beaded fringe on it? Yeah, yeah. I'm obsessed like with that. The lamb cowgirl. Like, I, right. I don't even know how to describe Body this. Bodysuit, bell sleeves. I mean, mm-hmm. just everything in the kitchen sink. But not really, though, because it's very sleek. It's like, you know, it, it has bell sleeves, but it comes in and makes a shape on her body. Yeah. Last mm-hmm. thing for me, I mean, this is a reference you won't get, but costume, clean. Sleeves, clean. Hair, clean. Ah, wait. I don't agree with the hair. She okay, looks wait, like wait, wait. a fucking we, triangle. Okay, I was going to say, hair not so clean. Clean in the sense that, like, it's giving me drag, which I like. Like, yeah. you know, it definitely, like, I mean, she's a New York girl. She's giving me, like, very clean New York drag. I was going to say, she's giving the drag ponytail, which is, you have a base wig. She has one with bangs, so it's a hard print, which is fine. And then you put another wig over top the bump, and then you have, like, your ponytail, right? Mm-hmm. For me... Personally, and for a lot of other people, I would have a longer ponytail. Personally, hers is a bit shorter, but I mean, I understand one, again, unfortunately, we have to think about, they probably got the directive of like, you're walking through a fucking maze or like wear something erased. So that's probably it. I mean, she, she still managed to get a good costume at least. So I imagine she has it shorter. It's like off of her. It's a nice, you know, good old fucking helmet wig. Um, but yes, it is a little short, but she also does have like a nice soft feminine face. So, okay. That's fair. Those of us with a brick can't do that. However, she, she makes it work, but definitely it does look a little like, like she like pulled it back a little too hard. You know what I mean? Like it, it looks like well laid, but I mean, it kind of looks like when you have a ponytail that you've pulled too far up and then like, it's like, you know, probably cause she wants it off her neck. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I get the practicality of it, but like I said, she looks like a triangle and I'm not bit, yeah. feeling that. You know, you know what else it, it's reminiscent of to me? I don't know. Do, did you watch, do you watch Drag Race? Uh, I've seen episodes here and there, okay. but I usually just pull up like a random episode. So I yeah. Have, have you seen Got Nick's monster look? I don't think so. Okay. It's really good. Ooh. Yeah. It's kind of giving me this shape for some reason. A little bit like I think because of the shoulders and stuff but Mm -hmm. I think I think because it's a little geometric with the heel shoulders it gives triangle head yeah yeah um but you know overall one of the better looks I would say next okay bitch next we have Coco Kane oh I love her who's giving tits and ass at all times and hair I mean flawless i mean she's got the fucking titty bib bouncing all over yes yes that's a very powerful entrance with those titties bouncing right um and she says that she is the zombie stripper of tulsa oklahoma and also the cardi b of drag okay um i feel that i'm into that Mm -hmm. i think it's an interesting vibe coming in to something like dragula but i'm not mad at it because one of the four pillars of dragula is glamour Yes. Um, she's got the classic bodysuit. She's got the bodysuit. She's got the titties. She's got the ass. I mean, Mary Cherry's literally like that ass. Um, yes. <laughs> I wrote down Zava's already mad. Um, the hoes are mad. <laughs> yeah, because they're jealous. Is that what what was she mad at her for? I think she's mad because like she doesn't give her the response she wants, which Zava's from Brooklyn. These New York girls kind of all are lo- not all of them, but like I mean, at least off of drag race and in general as someone who 
isn't familiar with the drag scene around here because I'm from New Jersey. New York queens are kind of notorious, at least on the famous reality drag TV shows, for being loud, confrontational, that kind of thing. I think Zava's feeding into that. I mean, especially a bitch from Brooklyn, and it doesn't sound like she's had an easy life either. So, you know, I think it's natural. But, you know, her and Mary later on also do not like being ignored or not receiving the reaction that they want. I feel like there's a difference between being loud and confrontational and being nasty, yeah. which is... I think Zava is coming off nasty. And I think yes. we're probably going to talk about this throughout the season because how can you not? It's like the bread and butter of the season because it's a chaotic season. But, you know, I think Zava is nasty and I think Mary is confrontational. Yes. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, I think Mary can be nasty as well, but I liked Mary for the first, like, two and a yeah. half episodes. I was going to say, I think Mary is an off jump showing her ass i think later on she gets a little i mean we'll see later on like episode four when they do the rocker challenge it gets crazy yes exactly um but until then i think mary also like mary's like 40 so i think she's at least a little more mature why is is everyone giving betty shit for being old she doesn't seem old to me i think she's she's been doing drag for 20 some years really Um, yes so i mean better betty's next who um, I love this dress. First of all, Bitter Betty is giving drag. That's yes. what Bitter Betty is giving us. She has hair up to the ceiling, love teased, hairsprayed into like a classic 60s form, but like messy. She's got the sunglasses. She's got this dress, which I didn't even notice this until I rewatched it for this review. She has a, it's like uh, one of those like bikini dresses that's like the form of a woman, but it's just a naked woman and she has a dick on it. Yes. I'm obsessed. Yes. I live. It's um, amazing. So you might know that, I think she mentions it later on, but you might not know this show because, you know, your knowledge of drag might be more limited or you're not as exposed to like the mainstream, you know, drag canon, let's say, but she's formerly known as Sarah Andrews. She says, I'm not as fake as I used to be because she had a brand re-imaging, right? Ah. And the Andrews are drag pageant royalty. So what that means is she's going to give us drag, she's going to give us jewels, and the face will be bulletproof and it is yeah 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 i mean absolutely even i mean jumping ahead but even later on when she's in the bottom you can't clock the face no no yeah she kills it yes speaking of someone else who is rebranding jay jolie okay um, mm -hmm, which again you're not an avid drag race watcher but jay jolie formerly appeared on drag race season five um, so that's what she means when she says, you may have seen me on another reality TV show. We clearly cannot say Drag Race for legal reasons, but. Yeah. Um, and she, sh- she says she's here to prove that she's a monster. Uh, and then I said, and then she gives a pageant answer. So work, are we? Um, <laughs> I love how she goes. I love the kindness and genuineness. Like <laughs> I just started watching this show and I was like, no way. Not no? you saying incorrect. Okay. Here's incorrect where I, here's where i also want to talk about this this is gonna be such a long episode it's fine but then i just like i want to talk about this too part of the reason that i love dragula why i love it and sometimes don't like it is because it is very genuine and i mean it's clearly a produced reality tv show but like the way that the arguments and stuff happen are clearly more genuine and it's like split up into like kind of awkward blocks for viewing but it's clearly natural like they will spend like 20 minutes arguing and that like for a a viewer who's used to like a produced reality tv environment that's not that's like a long time to spend on the same argument but it is like the natural lifespan of the argument right um 
So I, I find it interesting and annoying because it's like, what? let's just move on, right? So like her talking about like loving kindness and genuineness, like I think there's genuineness, but this is how drag queens are like, I'm sorry, Dragula, everyone fighting, everyone, all these, all the New York queens, a 40 year old bitch from Brooklyn who's been performing for over 20 years and has probably outside of Drag Race Girls, the highest like booking fee. Yeah, they're going to act like Mary Cherry because first of all, do you want to go and see a drag show where the drag queen does not think she's the absolute T? Because I don't, personally, I don't. <laughs> I want to see confidence, but I feel like someone like Betty, who has experience, who, mm-hmm. you know, shows up with energy, she knows what she's doing, but right. she's not being a bitch to people unnecessarily. The only time right. she ever says anything rude is when she's standing up for herself. So it's not even rude. Agreed. But I do think like, this is what it's like to be a drag queen, kind of. Like, the girls are like this. This is what a drag queen is like to me. Is is that going to endear them to us on a reality TV show? No, that's a different story. However, yeah. if you're in a dressing room and you walk in, um, for example, well, this is... Next, we have Hoso, who... Hoso has a great look. Um, I'm only going to skip over it because I want to get to the fucking drama of Sigourney walking in for whatever reason. But Hoso is describes herself as a drag yokai, which a yokai is like an Eastern spirit who's been rejected okay. from like humankind. So she always comes at you with like this cool monstery Eastern influence, like makeup. Um, the entrance look to me, it, it's a look. That's about yeah. all I have to say. I mean, the makeup yeah, is obviously the standout. It, it's creepy. Like I could definitely see this in a horror movie. Um, but it didn't make as big of an impression on me as I feel like it should have. Like the outfit kind of falls flat in comparison with the makeup. Right. The makeup to me says horror movie. The outfit and the hair says uh, bar queen on her third number. Yes. Yes. Which again, directive or whatever. But I'm only sk- I, I love Hoso and as she's one of my front runners, but I'm only skipping over her because when Sigourney comes in, first of all, stunning. Stunlina. Oh my god. Yeah, I'd fuck her. She is so gorgeous. Okay, y'all have to know. This is my type right here. The first thing I said to Lena when she was like, yeah, I'll do I'll do your little pod. Um, (laughs) Which you should know that Lena is like way out of my league in terms of like Instagram followers. I've only been, the only reason she's doing this is because I was grandfathered in because we've known each other for like six years. Oh, shut (laughs) up. But (laughs) the first thing I said when you said yes, I was like, the way you're going to want to fuck Sigourney Beaver. Oh my God. Oh my God. That hair, that outfit, the makeup, the tattoos, everything. Sigourney comes in in this beautiful, I mean, giving drag, drag, drag meets like 80s rocker chick in a bar, but like elevated, you know, she got the assignment. I would say she's the most impressive in terms of like, clearly this is not the most intricate thing she could do ever, but it's still intricate. She has chains all across her chest everything glittering down to the the heels you know her dress tits out very simple leather dress but it's effective you know and she has like the the picked out pompadour you know yeah it's a great combination of this kind of 90s punk with 50s starlet and i'm here for it yes i agree and she says i'm here to throw my vag in the page love it sigourney is a cis woman um I believe the first cis woman on Dragula, if I'm not mistaken. Okay, that's impressive. 
Yes. And again, the reason that I wanted to jump to Sigourney, not just because I love her, but Mary is mad already. Again, hoes are mad. The hoes are mad. As Uh, always. Because Sigourney is like talking to Mary. And again, we always have to keep in mind it's a reality TV show. So we're seeing what they want us to see. But, you know, uh, it, it, it seems like Mary is like complimenting Sigourney on her outfit. And then Sigourney sees Betty, I believe. Right. And yeah, runs yeah. over to her and like kind of kind of cuts off Mary. It, it's pro- it's the kind of thing where like you see your sister across the bar and like, oh, my God. And then you forget like what you're doing. You know? Yes. Yes. And Mary's like, oh, well, fuck me. I know. And, and Mary um, is a bitch from Brooklyn. Uh, mm-hmm. So, you know, she's and also, you know, she's like a very big name in Brooklyn. So, you know, she's not into being ignored. I don't, I think I might take it a little bit of the wrong way, but Mary, (laughs) you can tell Mary decides in that moment, she will never like Sigourney. (laughs) Yes, yes. And it's clear through the next few episodes. Right. I mean, because then Sigourney circles back around to her and tries to say hi and like get close to her. And she's like, oh, you don't need to get close to me. And Sigourney's like, walk away. Yeah. (laughs) Um. Yes, I, I love uh, Lena's like little note under Sigourney's outfit, hair, makeup, stunning. I'd fuck her. Yes. Absolutely. That's um, exactly how I feel. Yes. So, you know, the New York queens are coming out. I mean, New York queens are kind of known for that. I mean, of the, the drag, like Mecca's, let's say, I think I heard Trix Mattel say this and she was probably repeating a common thing. They say that like New York drag queens are like theater, like musical theater people who didn't make it. L.A., queens are like actors that didn't make it chicago queens are like artists that didn't make it okay Um, so that that kind of informs you know a little bit of that and not everyone's the same but you know new york is known for being loud musical theater types like p i mean you have to do so much to make it in new york as well you know i mean there's a drag queen every other block there Yeah, yeah and people move there to make it right so you know it does tend to produce the kind of people who are a bit loud a bit. I like loud. I like loud. Yes. The straightforward. I mean, I like loud. I like straightforward. My mom's an Eastern European wi- right. woman, so I'm used to loud and straightforward. I'm kind of the same way myself. But um, mm-hmm. yeah, I think there's a certain line where it's like you should have a reason to hate someone and jealousy is not a valid reason. Right. Yeah. So we'll see that as we go along. And then, you know, New York is very that um, Chicago to me. And at least in terms of like, quote unquote, female impersonation. Well, I think Chicago, I think a bitch who's going to give the performance of a lifetime, like dance it out, fire up the stage, that kind of thing, Um, which Saint is from Chicago, right? I think. And Sigourney's from Chicago. Okay. Um, So, you know, they they kind of give that. I mean, every time Sigourney steps onto the stage, she's giving a performance and I think it shows. Um, And then, you know, LA is usually like girls who, you know, have done a lot of acting, that kind of thing. And I also, I think objectively... Uh, Houston, Texas is a really big like drag mecca and that's like pageant, pageantry, everything. I mean, the whole South is basically like a pageant center for drag. So, you know, you see like your bitter Bettys and stuff and Jade mm. is also a pageant girl. Um, but after this, we have Formelda Hyde. Ah, uh, yeah, I can see Which the silence the is the impression I have of Formelda <laughs> Hyde. Although, <laughs> I mean, listen, she's getting a second coming on Twitter posting thoughty photos. So, you know, she's fine but and I like that she makes her own masks I like didn't realize that at first and I kind of thought the mask thing was cheating but then pretty soon after they show her making the mask and I feel like that's a huge difference 
I think it's a huge difference. And I honestly think it's a pretty big, I mean, I don't know personally, but you know, on in the first season, there was a mask queen on Dragula. Mm-hmm. And you know, okay. it's interesting and it's a fun, cool, different way to do drag. Historically do not do very well on Dragula. I think Jade they want to was... connect with your face. Yeah. Jade was so sweet about it though. Like I know it's a pageant response, but it's just like, she's so Jade, Yes, Jade said, oh, I think, cause clearly she was prompted by producer. What do you think about like, mask queen she's like i think it's a really interesting and cool and a valid form of drag yeah and sometimes jade's pageantry wears on me <laughs> but you know it is fair i mean jade also <laughs> i haven't taken my sweet ass time on this like <laughs> intro but jade also like in season five was portrayed as a bitch which i'm you know okay you can only blame it on the edit to a certain point but definitely like she was known for picking fights and being kind of cunty to the other girls so, you know, I think this is clearly a, she's aware of how she's been perceived previously and is looking to get away from that. And I think yeah. sometimes that works against her. Although okay. I, I do believe that she's a sweet person. I think, it, I think it's clear that she's a sweet person, but also I think she's with some cunty people. <laughs> I um, mean, I didn't see her on season five. So I, sh- this might be fake. Like sh- it could yeah. be 100% her overcompensating for basically what was shown on tv previously it could be i think the difference between dragula and drag race I mean, not to con- keep comparing but i think another big difference is that a lot of these girls are coming in and they're not i'm sh- i'm sure they're aware by now that they're on a reality tv show and will be perceived by the public but they're not as obsessed with their image as girls on drag race like you get to drag race and the fandom's so like chomping at the bits to hate you that girls get very in their head about it okay. and i think jade's coming off of that Mm-hmm. I think the other girls here are not on that wavelength, clearly. So I think that might be why she comes off as fake. All right. All right. But Formaldehyde comes in in a mask um, and Club Kid boots. Boots send me straight to hell or whatever. <laughs> She's in kind of like an, honestly, like it's pretty similar to her like main stage outfit or oh, sorry, 100%. her like, floor show. It's like, yeah. although it looks like latex, which is interesting. It must be hot as hell. She basically has like, a leather face like latex apron and then like latex nurses sleeves and like latex gloves and then, I, know, like, a I like this, yeah this look I think is better than the floor show look I think it's more cohesive I think she gets into trouble with the character thing which we will get to but the, the last queen we have is a familiar face for if you've seen uh Dragula it's Saint and she first of all I think she looks stunning it's definitely a simple outfit but I think she's giving Wamana um, I like the hair. I think it's also interesting because like, I think as the uh, season progresses, we see different facets of Saint and she definitely doesn't always do like pretty girl. And I think it's, it's interesting, you know, that this is our first look at her and she's like, well, just so you know, I can do this, but I have other shit I want to do. Yes. Um, yes. Uh, definitely serves a variety. Yes. Um, she gets into trouble for her heels later on, not to run forward, but these heels look like they're pretty sizable pumps. So work. I'm into it. Get it. I, yes. Uh, it's giving bar outfit, but, you know, everyone else is too. Um, oh, yes. Also, uh, uh, Lena is a Phoenix native. So some of her sisters are here. Yes. Astrid and Formelda are both from Phoenix. Um, <laughs> yes. And as Lena has noted, not necessarily the most accepting place to do drag, which is crazy, but also like a lot of the southern states produce some of the most beautiful, gorgeous drag queens. So I almost feel like it's a motivator of like 
Yeah. It makes you different to even give it a try. Yeah. I mean, a lot of Southern areas are known for like, like I said, pageantry and they're some of the most interesting, cool, innovative queens. I mean, like RuPaul's Drag Race has kind of made like a reputation for pageant queens as being untalented or without personalities, but a lot of the really cool, amazing shit that we gag for on Drag Race comes from the pageant scene. So. Heck yeah. Heck yeah. Um, um, so like I've been to a few drag shows out in Phoenix and they're mm. awesome. Um, but I have never in my life seen someone walk down the street in drag, even right. on Halloween. So the fact that these women are basically getting the chance to express themselves in public is so huge. And, you know, it gives me a feeling mm-hmm. of this kind of connection with Astrid and Formelda. Yeah. Cause I do my clown stuff in the backyard. Like, yeah. I, I mean, I yeah, don't feel comfortable going in public. Lena and I are definitely like, I mean, Formelda mentions that she doesn't really have performance experience later on. Neither do we really. I mean, you're, Lena is like a certified like model. Like, Lena does modeling work and stuff and has like a, a real following and like men who want to pay for her things. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I got and also like a career. Yes. I once got sent 20 bucks for making fun of someone. And you love to see it. I know, um, right? I have maybe 15 followers and I do it anyway. <laughs> <laughs> hey, that takes strength to, you know, be like, I don't care who sees this. I'm right. just doing this for me. And that's how I started. Like I, I started the whole thing as a confidence project. I don't think my yeah. following is that big, but it's because the girl who got me into it has like 12 times more followers than right. I do. Um, but yeah, it's, it's a great way to kind of give yourself some validation for your own artistic expression, for your own, you know, look and, and feeling good about yourself. Right. And like you said, I mean, it's not accepted in a bunch of places. I think I have a a little bit of an easier time. I'm in New Jersey. It's not like fantastic, I guess, but it's like in the Northeast, it's a bit better off than some other places, but you know, I do it because I've always had body, body image issues. It lets me be in control of that for myself. Um, and I would like to go out and perform, but uh, COVID's real and I don't really want to hang out in the club, but you know, <laughs> when that's over, we'll see what happens. But yeah, it's really inspiring to see like a diversity, although we do have like three girls who are working in Brooklyn, which Astrid is one of them, I believe. But, you know, it, it's really awesome to see all of these girls who even in adversity make such interesting and like counterculture of counterculture looks, Yeah, you know? Um, but the queens get the first video message where they reveal that they have a hundred K prize, which the Boulay brothers make sure to tell them it's our money, not the sponsors. Yes. They made it very clear. <laughs> um, and they reveal that the, Oh, this is also a big deal. If you didn't know Lena, because, um, I think before the biggest prize was like 25 K. So wow. it's definitely a big step up. It's that shutter money. Yes. Um, and so, but they tell them that they have a fright feat, which is just a mini challenge, and that the queens must find their way through the extreme maze of terror that they have concocted. Um, which the, oh, and also they mention that if you can't make it through, then you will be exterminated, which means you will be eliminated, um, which does not happen. Um, I'm sure that's just like, I'm sure that they were told like, listen, you, there's a bunch of like crazy shit that's gonna happen. If you don't wanna do it, you don't have to, but you're not advancing. Right. Yeah. So that's yeah. probably what happened. But everyone gets through. I mean, they they like shove them into like quote unquote like launch capsules, like some oh my space God. shit. It's like a coffin box and they fill it with fog. It looks it looks like you. um like an airlock in a sci-fi movie that's gonna I, launch you into space. 
for me the scariest part was that like fog going in their face i'm so afraid of gas poisoning like when they turn on the ac oh yeah i I do remember when i saw that i was like oh are these gas chambers oh my god if it feels like it that's like my worst nightmare honestly that's scarier than the eliminations i've seen yes um some of the eliminations are hard to watch but I, i think overall they haven't been too horrible to watch although in past seasons it's been bad they have to eat some gross shit but you know after after they get shoved into these capsules which mary is so fucking funny i mean she may show her ass sometimes but she is good tv no matter what she's like there's no way i'm gonna fit in that and they just shove the door (laughs) in her face and she starts screaming so basically it like flips over and then the bottom falls out and they all fall and then they're magically still in drag when we see them again um and they have to just walk through this maze Uh, i think they're in two groups um really the like most quote-unquote dangerous and scary part is that they have to kneel in front of a bar and then a car rushes at them and stops right before it hits them yeah and it blows like a bunch of wind at them which is fine but uh astrid ends up like really having an intense reaction to it um which we find out is ptsd from a car accident but you know she ends up having like a really really intense reaction and then aside from that you know they're in a room that moves around and there's like clowns and then one of the clowns like pulls Sigourney and pushes her and like almost breaks like her leg or something I was like why are they so why is everyone so rude to Sigourney even the fucking extras that being said the clown room I would pay money to be in. I was gonna say this just looks like Lena's like backyard I don't know oh yeah yeah <laughs> I would love that situation yes um did, did you feel represented by the balding clown man? <laughs> yes, yes. I mean, bald clown right here. Yes. Um, aside from that, oh, I wrote, just real quick, I wrote, like, Coco stays, like, sexually biting her nail. I, um, I'm, I mean, I think she's serving to the camera, and I'm like, I need to work, but, like, just always, like, even in the, even in, like, the uh, boudoir, which is, like, the room where they get ready, she's, like, biting her nail when there's no nail on. <laughs> she is a real real bitch um but everyone makes it through um and then they find out that the main challenge the floor show as they call it is a makeover challenge which they're making over themselves so i don't know why they call it that but they have to choose a classic horror icon and reimagine that character's look from the ground up so basically they should be recognizable as the character but they should be remaking the looks it shouldn't be a cosplay which is a fantastic way to avoid copyright <laughs> Um, and whoever wins gets a thousand dollars in high heels from Fierce Queen Heels, which that's a pretty decent amount of heels. Yeah, yeah, not bad. I would be down. That's a that's a double digit amount of heels. It's fine. Mm-hmm. Um, which Dracula has this thing where after they find out the main challenge, basically all of them stand in a circle at the main table and just like read each other <laughs> and start drama and get messy. And let me tell you, Zawaleta does not wait to get messy. She just immediately decides to call Astrid a pussy for uh, having a very intense reaction to the car thing, which, first of all, I mean, Mary at least is like, whoa, 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 whoa. So, you know, everyone else is like, let's not do that, you know. It's real bitchy. Like, that's Zava's thing. I mean, it's it's kind of going above and beyond. Like, I, I think in this moment, she's clearly like, I think to a certain extent, this is her real personality, but she's definitely aware that she's on a show and she she knows what she came to deliver. I think it's kind of ridiculous to make fun of someone for having PTSD. I think also she just shows her ass because later on, you know, we're not so brave, are we? You know, she has her own 
intense reaction kind of thing i mean astrid is very mature about it or you know i think she's very even keeled better but Mm -hmm. you know she says you know what if you have a problem with me having ptsd about something you can fuck off yeah she doesn't she also said she'd go through it again because right. she wants to win. So she's got that dedication. Also, Zawaleta's like, honey, you're 24. You have a lot harder stuff to go through in your life. Da, 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 da. I was like, Zawaleta, how old are you? You look 19. <laughs> yeah, I don't think she's much older. I don't think she's much older. I, th- I think she came to deliver villainry. And I think she's doing it. Um, maybe, I don't know if I would personally want to show my ass so fiercely. When I had so much unchecked trauma. But that's just me. Um, and then Zavaleta also decides to get mean with Sigourney <laughs> for some reason. And then she immediately gets nasty with Mary. Just uh, everyone. She... She's just throwing her anger in every direction. Yeah, I I don't remember what she says to Sigourney, but then Mary starts like being like, oh, I can't defend her all the time. And then uh, Zavaleta me is like, I don't need you to defend me, baby. And Mary's like, okay, well, I won't defend you. And then she's like, well, I don't really know you like that, but we'll work later, Mary, together, because they're both from Brooklyn. And Mary's like, well, I don't know if we're going to be working because my pay is going to be a little higher. (laughs) And I was like, yeah, listen, these New York girls just love to kind of like come at everyone and like never want to stop talking. But you know what? The other New York girl is not the one, baby. You know, Mary Cherry at least is like, oh, you want to read? Okay. (laughs) I'm here for it. Uh, Yeah, I'm a 40-year-old... Uh, New York seasoned queen who has a nice little booking fee and who are you little girl like, <laughs> you know um, also this is what I'm saying there's just so much happening in this like 20 minute period like all at once back to back Hoso and Astrid are fucking already somehow yes. um, which you know I live they're both very attractive people I, I find would, Hoso a lot more attractive than Astrid I would have sex with both of them Hoso oh I also <laughs> forgot to mention I don't think we mentioned this at least Betty is trans and so is Hoso Hoso's they she Betty is oh. she her okay I don't yeah, think Hoso mentions with, it in this episode I don't think she does mm-hmm. but yes so Hoso is they she uh okay. Hoso is very femme very adorable pretty hot I'm fuck I mean that's um, probably one of the reasons why I'm into her yeah, I mean, she she definitely loves to play up, like, the feminine side. She always wears, like, eyeliner. Very, very sexy. I find Astrid sexy. Not without the eyebrows, honestly, but also I'm a fellow dragoon, so I get it. <laughs> you know, I, although she is so good at redrawing her eyebrows in the confessionals, it's not often that girls have convincing eyebrows when they have to draw them on for the confessional, and she did some good work because I didn't even realize she had them shaved off. Okay. Because up until that point, you know, she was in drag and she was just in the confessional and she, you know, she did the individual hairs, all that. Yeah, yeah. Work. Um, Oh, we also find out that Formelda doesn't perform or she does perform. She just doesn't perform on a stage. She says, well, you know, I'm from Phoenix, but I don't perform in Phoenix. I perform, you know, for Twitch. Yeah. And I'm like, work. Okay, so she's going home, which no shade to the Twitch... Honestly, Twitch is a great drag industry, although I know Twitch is a little iffy on how they're treating their workers, let's say, because they're they're introducing a lot of new policies that are kind of fucking over the people on there. But, you know, there's a huge um, population of drag queens who work via Twitch exclusively, um, or even if not exclusively, they're very well known on Twitch. Like Deer, for example, is an L.A.-based queen who also has a really great Twitch channel. You know, it's a lot of girls. Um, so it's a great way to make a living. I don't know if that's the best way to prepare yourself for this. I mean, and they start reading for Melba. These girls, these bitches are nasty. Uh, oh, nasty. I, I just like, they start reading her and she, 
she defends herself, although I think she kind of shows her ass too, because she's like, oh, well, I have a huge following, honey. And I think she has like 30K or something followers, okay. which is sizable, but... Not for TV, though. Like, yeah, it's not I know really... people who have more followers than that. Right. I mean, actually, let's check right now. <laughs> let's read the girls, shall we? And she probably gained more followers from the right. show. Because I'd never heard of her. And now I, you know, I'd be down to follow her on Instagram, see what her outfits are and poses and all that. But yeah, performance is it's not her I, thing. I mean, I can't even find her Twitch right now, which is not a great sign. Um, let's see the Instagram. I mean, Instagram, she has 38.4K followers after the show. Yeah. Which is, I mean, mama... I just said I have 20 more than I have but you know when you're <laughs> being like oh well I have all these followers and what do you have you know I think it was in that moment I mean they're like trying to come for her and that's what you have to say right like you don't want to just shrink and be like oh well I don't know but she said the right thing kind of showing your ass when you only have 38k followers after the show but you know what she said what she had to say yeah and she also you can tell she knew too because at the end they're like well how many followers do you have she's like you'll find out so work I honestly Um, got the impression that she was gracious when I was watching it so I feel like I didn't really clock the bragging I did too I mean that's just me being um what's the word a fucking hater (laughs) (laughs) you know it's fine I mean that's a very sizable following especially for someone you know Dragula is very popular it's not as popular as something as RuPaul's Drag Race right so Mm -hmm. when you go home first you know you're still gonna get a lot of followers but you're not gonna get like hundreds of thousands you know okay um necessarily until like you know tours and all that whatever she held her own uh after they're done reading each other around a table for like 30 minutes they go and they get their looks ready you know they go through and they talk to all the queens about what they're doing blah blah blah. Astrid's makings you know more of all that and Sigourney and Betty talk about you know the issues facing cis and trans women as drag queens right I love this little alliance like the fact that Betty explains that cis women have been in drag for a long time that her drag mom is a cis woman Mm -hmm. um I didn't know that I think when Mm -hmm. uh Sigourney first came in I was like I don't know how I feel about women doing drag like right I mean we had a conversation creation yeah Mm -hmm. um but it's kind of validating to hear it from a trans woman to be like hey they've been in the game for a long time and it's just kind of been erased from our memories for some reason right I mean a lot of queer spaces are becoming dominated by the white cis gay man right white cis muscular very masculine gay man regardless of how we feel about that that's what's happening um and you know with the popularity of RuPaul's Drag Race you know I mean if you look at the first season of RuPaul's Drag Race it's like mostly girls of color you know okay versus now where it's a bit different but you know they're they're working diversity back into it but I think that's part of it I think also you know I'm definitely seeing more of a trend of like people who are beautiful masculine boys who then transform themselves into beautiful curvaceous unglockable let's say women in drag uh that's kind of like where it's going I think a lot of the the founders of what drag is and what all that you know trans women uh, and cis women who have been there for a while kind of get lost in the mix. Um, but, you know, definitely cis women performers who are drag queens face a lot of, you know, backlash and a lot of, you know, we like to think of drag as inclusive, but at the end of the day, as with any male dominated field, it's extremely misogynistic. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and I know. found it, we, we discussed this earlier, but um, I have always been super supportive of trans women mm-hmm. in drag because I feel like it's one of the only safe spaces where they get to be who they really are. Right. I mean, yeah. so much anger that I, I feel like gay men are kind of appropriating from trans men or from trans women. Um, and that I kind of had this extension of our cis women appropriating now what gay men appropriated mm. from trans women. So it's yeah, this I mean, kind of discomfort that I'm tr- wrestling with and trying to open my mind. Like it's supposed mm. to be an inclusive space. I mean, trans women are definitely like the four, have always been at the forefront of drag and pushing drag and making drag what it is. Um, I don't think it's an appropriation of trans women. I mean, I'm biased because I'm a cis man doing drag. I think drag, <laughs> I think drag exists. It has always existed as a way to present as a woman in one way or another. Mm-hmm. I think because of that, for a lot of trans women, you know, it's a great place to explore that side of yourself. Maybe you haven't been able to explore that, you know, pre-transitioning or pre-coming out, you know, so I think that's part of it. I think nowadays, this hasn't always been it, but I think nowadays drag, although we're kind of circling back to it just being female impersonation, let's say, but I think drag is definitely a commentary and kind of playing with gender, right? Yeah, absolutely. And I think anyone can do that. And I think I it's there for anyone. And I think women deserve to play with femininity as well because they're, you know, I think there's something unique and interesting about a cis woman who's being expected to conform to certain parts of femininity, taking it to the extreme, taking it to the insane place, having your like huge tits out, having this like beautiful padded body and huge hair and like not necessarily making fun of it, but kind of making fun of it, you know, like someone tells you you can't bake a cake and you make like a four layer wedding cake with like sprinkles on top of it, you know that's kind of how it reads to me. So I think it's interesting and a fresh look. And I think they've always been here. And, you know, I think as we move forward, I think, and drag becomes more popular, I think we'll see even more women doing it. Yeah. And I hope so. Like, I I think that's part of what's needed to change the mentality of people like me that are like, drag is a certain thing. And the point of drag is to offend people's expectations, is to do something different um and that different thing is you know playing with what what we have as norms for drag because norms counteracted society or drag counteracted society's norms and now drag is counteracting its own norms and that's really cool to see i agree um so yeah i'm excited about it sigourney and betty honestly are my faves of this season i think and not necessarily based on performance or anything. I like, although Sigourney's is, I, I really like Betty as like a talking head. I think she's really yeah. interesting. So, you know, yeah. talent. And you mentioned Jane and Formelda are like really gracious. And I think we need that as a foil to this season, although they tell Formelda to hit the house. But uh, I, I think Jade does serve as a bit, especially in this chaotic season where there's a lot of like nasty bitches coming out. Yeah. Um, and also Mary says, I'm not one to be bitchy and then mispronounces Sigourney Weaver on purpose, surely. Um, the first time she called her Sigourney Weaver and the second time she was like, Signorney Beaver. And I'm like, right. you, you know who Sigourney is. this confused. Right, Sigourney Beaver is not a hard one to remember. remember. It's literally one yeah. letter different than one of the most famous actresses of all time. One of the most famous <laughs> horror actresses of all time. Yeah. <laughs> so, 
But I mean, get, this brings us to the floor show. Also, I'm over them doing this little song and dance. We're like, oh my God, we're not ready. And then suddenly they're ready on stage. Like, <laughs> they, they it's do in this, every yeah. show. It's in every episode. They have this whole thing where they turn the lights off and like the floor show is starting. The floor show is starting. And everyone has like one eye and they're like freaking out. <laughs> <laughs> um so we have the floor show the boulets come out and kind of if you're not familiar with the boulets the boulet brothers are basically uh the queens of drag halloween they have the biggest most prominent halloween ball every year this year was in new york i know i'm pretty sure almost all the girls from this season performed but like a lot of really big drag names get invited to perform like Trixie mattel is a very uh, mainstay katia those kinds of people so this is kind of their classic their classic is like spooky, haunting, old school glamour. So, you know, the big red n- nails are a very big mainstay. The coiffed hair, that's usually like white, um, uh, the whited out eyes, that kind of thing. Um, they tend to, they, they sometimes do like classic, like 40s Hollywood, but they also like to do a lot of like, it's like that meets like haunting beauty meets like a uh, silent movie. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of their vibe. Um, and, they're, and they're serving that classic thing for the first episode. Absolutely. Um, and our judges are Tanana Reeve Du, who's an author and horror film historian. Clearly, I have no idea who she is, but interesting perspective. Um, and Darren Stein, who's the director of Jawbreaker, who Miss Darren, she came to the gig. She came to the gig in drag. I said, okay, Teletubbies, teleport us to Mars. Yes. Um, <laughs> so she came in makeup and a headpiece. Listen, there's nothing... I kind of want to have a brief discussion with you about this and see what you think. How do you feel about like the obviously guest judges on like big reality TV shows for drag are not always going to be drag queens. How do you feel about these like non-drag queens judging? Because like there's nothing I personally hate more than a fag in some eyeshadow and black nail polish. It's just their real nails painted judging drag queens. Nothing Um, makes me want any opinion less. I I get that. Um, I... I kind of like Tanana Reeve. I didn't agree with everything she said as a judge, mm-hmm. um, but being a, an author and a horror film historian, like she has that horror background and right. considering the challenge, she seemed like a good fit. Right. Um, I like Darren Stein. He's been on, they say he's been on three times. He's been on three seasons of uh, Dragula and I like his opinions. I think he's interesting. I'm glad she came with a headpiece. I think that's fine. I liked it. I like his opinions. I think Tanana Reeve, with all that I said before, I think for these kinds of shows, it's necessary to have other opinions that aren't necessarily drag queens. Although I think we should invite more drag queens to the table because yeah. who can judge drag better than a drag queen? But I think that Dragula at least has been good of like catering, except for next episode with like Vanessa Hudgens, but, uh, but catering who the guest judge is to the challenge. Like this challenge is all about horror characters and classic horror characters. So who better than a horror film historian to give an opinion on it? Exactly. Exactly. And I honestly like Vanessa Hudgens. I know she's been really supportive of the LGBT community for a long time now. Um, She loves drags. (laughs) She loves drag. Sorry, my mouth is full of cotton (laughs) for some reason. Um, Yeah, so I I haven't had any issues with the judges so far. Yeah, um, Vanessa Hudgens is fine. I mean, she's notorious for coming on Drag Race and kind of like doing the like 
drag speak a little bit. Yes, the I'm so into voguing right now. Yes. Yeah, that kind of thing. <laughs> which she does make fun of herself in the next episode, which we'll talk about, which is fine. But you know I have a little crush on her, so I'm like kind of biased. It's not a little crush, it's a big one. Yeah. Point point being, I sometimes mind it. I don't always mind it. Like there, I don't even remember what his name is, but there's this cute little like twinkie, like late 20-something Canadian singer who's on Canada's drag race who showed up with this like little white twinkie boy and like a little bit of eyeliner garage door eyeshadow and like painted nails and then told a girl her hair was too flat when it was fully teased uh which but but the other part too is like and she was pressed miss ma'am was pressed and said oh well this hair is not flat and i said it sure isn't and she got back to like untucked and was like kind of going off eve 6000 is the girl and someone someone literally said they're like girl what does he know about drag which i think is fair i think that's the way to go about it it's like if a guest judge tells you something stupid and they're not a drag queen who cares and I've seen qualified judges give bad judging as Agreed. well. Um, we talked about uh, America's Next Top Model, and uh, I always forget his name, but he was uh, Tyra Banks' right hand, and mm-hmm. he was top of the world male model at the time. Oh, Mr. J? Uh, J. Alexander? Uh, don't was he the sexy one? He was the sexy one. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, and I, I just didn't agree with his name. Oh, sorry. It wasn't Jay Alexander. Jay Alexander's Miss J. It's Jay Manuel. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, he was, he, this guy was just not, not thinking forward. He was thinking about right. the way modeling had been. And they had a contestant who was there to change the world, change the modeling world, change expectations and shake uh, was the, was, so, was this the guy that they told to be more masculine? Because I remember there was that, yeah. Yep. Yep. That's exactly what I'm talking about. Um, and he was just like, no, I can be androgynous. I can be a supermodel and try and stop me. And, you know, at that point I was like this contestant who is not famous, who is not, you know, a world renowned male model is right. And the world renowned male model who is absolutely qualified to be a judge on America's next top model. He's wrong. You know, so I, I don't think qualifications always necessitate a correct or, um, forward-thinking opinion right that being said let's get into the floor show here I honestly I wanted to like share my screen but Shutter like does the thing where it blacks it but at least we have these so first up we have Hoso which chef's kiss I'm obsessed. oh my god my absolute favorite of the Hoso show. did okay I think this season especially has a little bit of an issue where the girls go too far away from a prompt because they want to be so different. But I think this is a great way. To, so she does Other Mother from Coraline. Um, and she kind of like takes it to the nth degree of horror. It's kind of like Other Mother if the horror was like a horror movie that wasn't for kids. Yes. Um, and she has like her insane yokai makeup. Um, she has like really interesting, like on her hips, she has like tentacles that are like claws, like spider legs. And, she's you know, she, terrifying she's creative she's recognizable it is right. outside the box as well because not a lot of people would think of this as she your horror understood icon. the assignment she did absolutely absolute two we love um next up we have jade as sarah sanderson which it's good i mean she brought out the worms and she ate the worms so i'm happy it's um, cosplay it is giving cosplay. I think the worms take it there a little bit and like the yellow teeth, it kind of takes it there. It is giving what, so she's Sarah Sanderson from Hocus Pocus, which is Sarah Jessica Parker. She's giving them before the like sucking the soul, right? So it, it is a little bit of a take, but it also like they did have yellow teeth before that. So I also mm-hmm. just, I don't think this look is a great way to d- distinguish yourself as like a monster per se. I think picking a Disney 
horror icon kind of makes you read as pretty girl pageant. I, I mean, think- I, I think Hoso kind of did a similar thing, but she actually made it terrifying and made right. it her own. I, I think also Jay Hoso didn't pick a copied. Disney character, you know? Yeah, it's Tim Burton instead of Disney. Right. Um, but serviceable. I think the eat, eating the maggots, I think, brought her out of the bottom, let's say. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Um, I mean, that's a commitment to eat yes. maggots. Not my favorite, but not the worst. So <laughs> <laughs> next is Saint, which I fucking love this look. I mean, it's I think. Hot. It's scary. It's yes. creative. I'm here for it. She's like a slutty leather face. I think the performance kind of sells it too. She brings like the chainsaw up to her face and kind of like pulls it up. It's fucking lit. Mm-hmm. I live. She's got her booty out. Love it. Fake Saint's another queen out. I would fuck. God damn. <laughs> yeah, Saint is hot. Saint's so Both hot. in and out of drag. Yes. Um. So yeah, to love. I honestly thought this could have won. Yeah, yeah, I, I think it should have been top. I think it should have been top. I can maybe understand. I do think it's really interesting it gives drag because like her legs are out and her booty's out, but like the bottom compared to the top, like there's nothing on. Mm-hmm. You know, she just has pumps. So I think I think that that kind of took away from it, but I do think it's a great look. Um yeah. next we have the winning look, Astrid. Um, which she is the xenomorph. I like it. Um, I like it too. It still feels cosplay. Like it's scary. It's hot, but it, it feels like cosplay. It's a little too close to the inspo. A little bit. I think, I think the face takes it away because obviously it's like, she takes off the helmet and it's a humanish face. Mm -hmm. So I think maybe it's that I don't live for the face personally. It's all right. I'm, I'm kind of bored. I would be excited if I saw this at a bar on Halloween, but, um, does she have a pussy work? Does she? Hold on, let's see. I think it's coming up. She has a pussy, I think. <laughs> she has like a metal like pussy. You better work. All right. All yes, right. But... That's some attention to detail right there. I agree with you. I think if I saw this on a bar on Halloween, I'd be like, work. But I, I mean, we also, also sometimes things read differently on camera, right? Than they do in the room, especially black. It's hard to get all the details. Yeah. Um, so maybe it's that. Um, it's fine. It's fine. And apparently her costume fell apart like right after she got oh, off yeah. stage, which is not a great sign. It's like, messy, performer, but also if it's... Stuff. I agree, but I mean, that's kind of drag. Drag is like making it so it works on stage and getting off. They're kind of, they were kind of dragging her in the, they call it the cauldron, which is like the untucked, the afterwards where they're waiting after the critiques mm-hmm. and they all just basically get in the fights they were dragging and they're like oh well, it was falling off you know i was like well it didn't fall off on the stage mama so i won fair do you know what i mean yeah. um although i do agree it, it's a bit messy in that sense but you know holds up it's fine not the worst whatever um sigourney comes out as bride of frankenstein so we disagree on this one yeah i think so you don't like this right um, I like the reveal. Like, I think it's cool that she had two outfits on and no one else did it for this challenge. Mm-hmm. Um, what I don't love, I just, it gives me too much stripper. I don't see a fresh take. Um, I, That's I'm not a fan of the browns and golds. I really don't feel like it was enough of a creative interpretation. And I feel like I've yeah. seen better, you know, my uh, ex did Bride of Frankenstein and she killed it. So mm-hmm. I kind of have, I'm like, if someone I know in real life, someone I dated did a better version of it, I, I don't think she should have been taught Sigourney on this one. 
That's fair. I think the first time I was blinded by her performance because Sigourney is such a compelling performer on the floor shows. Like, clearly this is a bitch who performs, like, X amount of nights a week. I mean, like, having her hand flick out to the beat, I'm sure they were playing some sort of music and they edited back over. But, you know, just, like, that kind of thing is good. I mean, she's giving sex, she's giving sensuality. But upon the second time when, like, I'm not mesmerized by the performance, the reveal, I like the reveal because, like, she has, like, her tassels are, like, the bolts on her nipples. But the outfit itself is not interesting. It's just shreds of fabric. Yeah. Um, I think the fact that her wig is not black and white is confusing, mm-hmm. especially since it's leopard print. So it's not even like the dress that Bride of Frankenstein usually has. So, you know, when she first comes out, I mean, the, the wig is pretty recognizable, but it's like blonde and black. So it, it it's not the best. I wouldn't have known who she was if it weren't for the wig striped. Right. Which the wig still is hard. If you're looking at it at a certain angle and you don't see the stripe, you won't tell because it's not black and white. Yeah. Um, I think this is a look that could have easily used the classic way, but for some reason didn't. But I also don't think it's, I think it's a perfectly safe look. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I, I think she should have been safe and not yeah. caught. That's fair. Um, but we don't get to see the performance. I wrote this later in our notes, but um, hmm. it's really difficult to judge the performance as the audience because of the way they edit the clips. Right, because uh, it's a floor show, so I believe probably they have many minutes of them performing and being on the stage. I mean, yeah. when we get to the judging, we'll talk about some of the flubs, but, you know, even here, like, we only see, like, a minute. I just think she's so electrifying on stage, and I think that probably what is what did it for them. Also, even on this, like, Dragula show, I think they tend to lean towards pretty privilege. You know, she's a beautiful yeah. woman yeah. giving beautiful woman drag. Which and is she great. moves those tassels like I know with seen. such ease. I yes. mean, clearly performer. Like yeah. you can tell she's been doing it for a hot minute. I mean, not twenty years, but you know, I think she's just been doing it for like sex and different shows. Yeah, um, I love me a Chicago queen. <laughs> um, okay, after her we have Mary Cherry as the Marshmallow Man, which is so what funny. What the fuck was this? Okay, Marshmallow Man. I don't remember what it's from. Oh, it's from Ghostbusters. Yeah. Okay. So I think it's just like a really funny take and it is unique. And I think it gives camp, you know, it's all latex too, which is cunt. I like it. I, (laughs) did you see how fast she bolted off that stage when she said they were safe? You know, this girl is sweating. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, she had like three fans for this. I know before she even got the makeup on and she's wearing quilted latex. That's gotta be hot. I know. I mean, God bless her. It's a good look. I think I think she went out of the box, but I think it wasn't the kind of out of the box that would be rewarded next to all of the glamour. You know how sometimes like on reality TV shows like this on like Top Model or not so much Top Model, but like Project Runway or something like when you get the prompt and you go out of the box, if you go out of the box in the wrong direction, sometimes you get penalized for it. Yeah. Like I can think of like, like if you go too scary and everyone else does glamour and the judges wanted glamour for that like you're gonna get penalized even though you went out the box and follow the prompt and i don't feel glamour or scary from this one no it's giving camp and funny um yeah and i i don't i think the others were more successful yeah but i do think it's clearly at least safe oh no i wanted her to be in the bottom oh really mm-hmm. <laughs> i mean betty did too <laughs> So after that, we have Zabaleta, which 
was so disappointing. I love Pan's Labyrinth. This yeah. is an iconic character, but the face was off. The proportions were off. The heel broke. I just, I was not feeling it. I feel like Zavala I didn't even see the heel broke. The heel broke? Uh, yeah, they made a comment about it uh, during the judging. Cool. I do think Dragula is better than some other shows and like they won't necessarily show the flubs, but if it's like, if they're showing it, that usually means it was like, they must've been like bad, bad yeah. flubs. Um, here's what I will say. I think when she first came out, it was breathtaking for me because I think it read really well on camera with all the slime and stuff. But yeah, the when, slime was cool. When she was, and also because when they show it, like, okay, she has like basically a bunch of wrinkled skin. She's the pale man from Pan's Labyrinth. Um, and like she has blood pouring out and she has slime all over and it's very interesting to look at and in the dark with like lighting hitting off it it looks really interesting and compelling I don't think she hit pale man on the mark because she didn't even do the hands on the face with the eyes yes yes she definitely, such an iconic move right that should to me first thing I'm doing is like slowly going up with the hands on the eyes and going like slumping around the stage everybody would know who that was if that if that's what she did but yeah, yeah. i had an issue with the chin being uncovered yeah so the chin's uh, uncovered the and literally literally every other inch of her body is covered yeah and i didn't like how kind of top heavy heavy the costume was because that wasn't yeah. pale man pale man was thin and long and so it shouldn't have yeah. been so thick the covering Zavaleta is not a big girl right exactly um, she's very thin so she could have gotten the proportions right and I feel like she just layered it too much in certain spots yeah which is a shame because this this really I mean also with the eyes she was painting eyes so I don't know why she didn't really use them more but she should have shown them the hands looked good but yeah we only saw that during creation we didn't see that during performance yeah um which we'll talk a little more about the flips, I guess, as we go on. But uh, the so next we have Fermelda, which by far the worst. <laughs> Let's just get it out there. Yeah, bad performance. I yeah. When we get to the judging of them, I have something to say about the judge comments. But yeah, um, yeah I completely agree that it. Was I think from conception, Fermelda had an issue. So, what is this interpretation? It just it kind of right. feels random. It doesn't. So she chose like Billy the puppet, which is the puppet from Saw. Yes. Mask is that. Mask is giving that. Nothing else is giving it. She basically mixed the puppet mask from Saw with like a cheap Halloween version of a nurse from Silent Hill. Yeah. Um, and she already wore a nurse costume in the entrance, which I, is not being judged. I mean, it's being judged by me, the hater viewer. But, like, <laughs> you know, I, I think, and she's wearing Club Kid boots again, which if you don't know, that's a big no-no on... Uh, you, usually people can get away with it later on, but first episode, they're they're not into it. The boulets don't like it. Um, she basically is just wearing a normal black dress with like red flames on it. Flames aren't even that big. She has maybe 10 needles on her. And I thought, I didn't realize that was flames. I was thinking that's blood. I think it's supposed to be blood. I'm just describing it weird because I'm looking at it small. I, okay. Charitable reading blood. It's presumably because she, she has like um, blood filled syringes on her hand. The other part, you definitely notice that she's not performing because like when they first show the, uh, I definitely noticed it from the start because when they first show the floor show, they show like all of their black silhouettes on a screen and she's just so tiny and she's like standing there, not moving, like hands at her side and just like the, the stage swallows her. Yeah, um, I completely agree. 
and she she walks pretty stiff. I think I think you notice that this is not the kind of performing that she usually does, um, and I think I think it suffers. Also, not the flat synthetic red wig. Come on, come on. Yeah. Could it, I mean, I get the red hair. It's kind of a Billy the Puppet thing, but um, yeah, could have done more with the hair for sure. I mean, put a base tease in it. This is just me being an annoying drag queen, but I just, I, there's nothing that sends me to hell faster than seeing a drag queen with flat hair, especially there's certain colors that just always look cheap. You could have a human hair wig in this like blood red color and it would look like a costume store hair. Yeah, It's just not a great color. And if you have it flat, it, it's just out of the bag. You know, um, so lot, lots of issues, I think. I mean, clearly a talented queen she got on the show. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, and I, I kind of it's it's a drag thing. Like I understand that big wigs are, are a big part of drag. Um, personally, I've always liked flat wigs. My mm-hmm. natural hair is very flat, so I find it looks more natural on me when I have right. flat wigs um usually if I have something that's teased up or big curls or something I'll wear a hat or a headband Mm. or something on top because it just it doesn't feel right on someone like me who has such straight hair and such flat hair Mm -hmm. I mean Lena also is a very petite woman Uh, (laughs) so big big hair can if you have a small head big hair can swallow you I think part part of the reason is like taking it to the next level and drag but also it's like someone like me who's like six two and has a huge man head you know you want the same circumference around your head to make you look smaller and proportionize yourself and Formelda is very small Mm -hmm. but the other thing aside from it looking basic is it would have helped her take up more space if she had big hair she would have at least looked less swallowed on the stage because her costume is very tiny. Yeah, that's a performance art part of it. Right. Like you need to be seen on that stage. Exactly, which, you know, I'm sure a few years down the line, she'll be a lot better off. Um, but next we have Coco, which love. I'm I just... didn't recognize her at first, but when you were like, oh, you don't know who Morticia Adams is? I'm like, oh, I know who Morticia is. I just didn't see that as her, right. but I love the interpretation. I think it's so original and so cool. Mm-hmm. And I don't even care that I didn't recognize her. At first. Right. I don't think that's necessarily your fault. So she says she likes, to, in, her, in her words, she says she likes to take classic characters and give them an urban twist. So she's basically doing like a black interpretation of Morticia Adams because Coco is black. And so the long black hair, she has very long like braids. Mm -hmm. Um, She has like, it looks, I think part of the issue with recognizing, I mean, she looks great. She, the mug is bulletproof. Yeah. Uh, She's got tits bigger than my head. Love it. Um, Ass, she's always going to give you the ass. Mm -hmm. Um, She has like- The spine rose thing, the prop was so cool. It is really cool, but it's hard to recognize as a rose. So for anyone that doesn't know, Morticia Adams very often is seen clipping the, tops of roses and then putting it like back in the vase so the rose makes sense but it's so big and it's a black rose naturally it's kind of hard to tell what it is it looks like a cane like a witch's staff kind of I think that's part of the issue also she pours blood all over herself which is cool and hot and sexy or whatever but Morticia Adams as they'll say later like never really interacts with blood yeah so it muddles it a bit but she looks gorgeous I mean there's no way you can put this girl on the bottom have you watched American Horror Story? I've watched a lot of it, yeah. Okay, so season three, Marie Laveau, like this mm, yes. feels very Marie Laveau. Very that, yes. She's giving very that. Um, <clears throat> I think also the dress has the classic Morticia silhouette, which is like a 
black skin tight gown down to the floor. However, I think the, for lack of a better word, like the stripper holes in it, I think kind of, again, messes with the imagery a little too much. Like yeah. I, I, I think- I mean, at least it's not a cosplay like that. Agreed. No, I mean, the, the challenge was to make it your own and she did. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Once I realized it was Morticia Adams, I was like, I see it now and I love it. I mean, I mean, we've just been watching a gif of her drinking blood on a loop. Oh, it's so hot. <laughs> yes. And finally, we have Betty, which I think this is a good look. But again, like Lena was saying, it's extremely cosplay. She said she wanted, so she did Elvira, but she said she wanted to do a demon Elvira. So she put in like red contacts and put in like pointy teeth. Yeah, I kind of see it in the face, but it's too small. Like the personal interpretation of it. Yeah. Once the judges said that, I'm like, yeah, she she definitely could have done more with that. Yeah, um, I like it because it's very Elvira. I love Elvira, but again, they wanted more of a personal interpretation. I mean, this is basically Elvira to a T. Um, mm-hmm. I will say the hair is like nice and teased out. And that's what I mean when you add, like Betty also is in like a small gown, but the huge hair makes her take up more space. You know, like on the stage. Also, I mean, Betty is clearly a performer. She's giving a performance, Um, which I think is probably what saved her from the extermination was the performance. But that's all of our queens on the main stage. Finally, we get to the critiques. um, And I don't remember their names, but the big boulet makes a point to say drag is art and art is subjective. We're not here to judge your drag. We're here to judge how you relate to the competition and like the challenge, which is great. We're also not here to judge your drag. but, you know, also it is a competition, so you're going to get judged. But I mean, performance is art, too. Right. Um, so, like, if they can judge the performance, I don't really see why they can't judge the drag. Um, and so I think that's them covering evident. their asses from getting hate online, which is unfortunately a huge part of all of this. But some art is better. Like, when I was a kid, <laughs> my mom, I used to, like, draw and stuff, and as every kid does. And I'd give stuff to my mom and she'd be like, you need to put more color in it or this is not good enough. And I mean, that's the Eastern European agro mom thing Mm -hmm. that she does. But I think it really gave me the the mentality of like, you can do better. I love I love Lena coming to this podcast and being like, Mama, I'm here to see a Picasso. I don't want your finger art. Oh, hundred percent, hundred percent. She'd be like, "Yeah, take it up a notch, and then it'll make it on a fridge on the fridge." Right. I I do agree. I think I understand why they said it, and I I think it makes it. I'm sure in theory it'll put the performers at ease, but I do think people are going to perform better. I also think some people were casted to do worse. Sorry, (laughs) formaldehyde was not casted to win this season. No, that's fine. Lovely girl. But where she was at the time of filming was not, for example, at the same level as someone like Sigourney or like even or like Astrid, you know, or Mary even like clearly they are at a different level. They've had a bit more experience. But for a reality TV show, you're purposefully ca- you're not casting a cast of like 15 winners. You're casting maybe five winners and the rest to cause problems and fill space. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I do get why they're saying it, but it is a bit laughable. And also if you're coming to a competition show, you're coming to get judged. Um, I find a lot of my commentary and kind of thoughts about this is about the quality of drag. It's the makeup, it's the outfits, because mm-hmm. that's what I've always been interested in. Right. Um, and like I mentioned before, the editing makes it really tough to judge yeah. the performance from an audience standpoint. Right. I mean, 
I get it because when you're filming this, it's like, especially like later on when it's like the lip syncs and they're lip syncing the same song, mm-hmm. you're not going to show like six or seven people lip syncing the full same song, right? Because it will bore the audience. But, yeah. you know, when you only see them chopped up, it's hard to tell who's doing better, yeah. except in certain extreme cases, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, let me tell you, the girls on this show are judging quality of drag too, because there's many moments where they go to someone, they're like, Miss Thing, this is not good drag. This is not yeah. good drag. These holes, this jewelry, no. <laughs> I mean, Betty got judged on her drag being too cosplay. So right. to an extent, they are judging the creatives, of like how creative they were, how much they exactly. separated themselves from the character and also how recognizable they are. Yes, and I will say an element of this always is whether you're not you look expensive even if you're doing horror stuff and that doesn't mean you spent thousands of dollars which later on the girls do read and say that costs like two dollars a yard and this does not and it's like well if your shit looks cheap and costs a thousand dollars that means nothing yeah if you're working with the two dollar a yard polyester fabric and you look like you came from a mansion guess what (laughs) you're gonna do better yeah um but you know inherently that's going to be part of this so (laughs) let's get into the reads Uh, i am living we have a shared google doc and lena just (laughs) yeah all of these comments i've already said that's in the basically i said when we went over the contestants right um so this is basically just me a run through but our safe queens are mary cherry jay jolie and saint um i think saint uh i think saint could have been a top personally um Honest, well, I don't know. Okay, so our tops are Hoso, Astrid, Coco, and Sigourney. I think Saint might have edged Sigourney out a bit, but I think probably her performance is what put her there. Yeah. Yeah, I'm guessing that's exactly it. Yes, and Lena mentioned that you you like her Sigourney's facial expressions. I do too. Yes. Oh my God. When the judges are like, you are, when they didn't choose her as a winner, her face was so oh, in your face. She keeps her mouth shut for the most part, but definitely gives cunty face. She, mm-hmm. she knows how to steal the moment and that's what you want in a reality TV star. Um, Astrid ends up winning. Uh which, as we've said, not necessarily who I would pick, but... Yeah, I would have picked Hoso, honestly. I think I would have picked Hoso. Yeah. Um, um, yeah. But I get the facial expression thing. I'm the same way. Like, when I'm pissed, when I'm not happy with the decision, like, you can see disgust on my face. Oh, both of us are the same way. Yeah, I'd be Sigourney, too. Although, I, fe- I think I would be a little more vocal than Sigourney has been. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> you know. And our bottoms are Zavaletta, Betty, and Formaldehyde. Yeah, Formaldehyde's performance was not there and I think you mentioned Lena in our notes that the judges did not recognize that it was a Saw character and I do think <laughs> Formelda kind of like hid the lead a little bit but she buried the lead but I think the mask is obvious yeah the mask is obvious um it wasn't the creativity like it wasn't cohesive with the whole nurse thing it was kind of a sharp contrast between the two ideas and she didn't integrate them um, but I think Billy the Puppet was one of the most recognizable characters of the entire. I mean, I just think also like Billy the Puppet has so much you can do with without editing that much. Like she already has crazy black hair. So you mm-hmm. already have the bitch has a wig already. The puppet has a wig already. You know, yeah. that's half the battle. You don't have to add a wig. You have you can do crazy stuff. Like, honestly, I think Formelda could have worn Betty's wig from Elvira and done I... something like that. Yeah, because he's got that hair that kind of goes up in every direction. Right. The puppet. I and Betty very that. much had like 
she didn't have like the length of Elvira, but she had like the top crazy rocker chick. Mm-hmm. And I think that would have been good for that. But you know, I think Formelda was probably brought on this season and it was kind of Formelda's season to lose. And she did. Yeah. Uh, they announced that. Well, actually, well, okay. So they announced that Zavoletta and Formelda are going to be doing the extermination challenge. But before that, who would you do for this challenge, Lena, if you were on the show? Um, you know, at first I was not happy about Formelda being in the elimination because I was just going off of outfit and I really didn't agree with the not recognizable argument. Mm-hmm. But the more I think about it, the more I'm like, yeah, I get her being in the bottom. Um, and then Zava apparently had an issue with her prop. Oh, yes. We didn't even that mention that. Um, so they show that. So Zavaletta had like a pump that was going to pump blood in and you see like blood spreading out of her mouth. And I think it spurts off the body as well, which I would imagine is probably why it's so bulky, the costume, because she probably had a lot of like stuff running through the costume. Um, but apparently the boulets had to wait a while to see it because she tried to pump the blood and they just show a clip of it going so slowly through the tube and that that kind of ruins the performance and i think because of that she ended up in the bottom clearly um but who if you were a contestant on dragula who would you do for this challenge like what would your horror icon look be oh um i would do i said it when we were talking about it earlier but i totally forgot oh uh oh um terrifier yes because i would love to do like a sexy terrifying combo it's such a masculine looking clown character i think Um, it's like skin tight though so i think there's a lot you could do to like sexify it up i think if you add padding like if you have like coco's padding and tits underneath the like skin tight terrifier i think that would be kind yeah yeah I, i think it would turn out to be a really cool androgynous look with the sharp masculine facial features and then a skin tight you know, padded, very feminine mm-hmm. body look, right. uh, and then run around like a crazy person. Right. Plus, I any any character that's a clown already is inherently scary, just given you know <laughs> people's associations with clowns. But also, like a clown from a horror movie that smiles. There's so oh much God. you can do on stage with that. That's a great choice. He's the scariest clown I could think of. Oh, I agree. Um, I honestly don't know who I would do. I. Th- my problem is that, like, with horror movies, I tend to be drawn to, like, the final girls, which is, final girls are not the move for this. They're not the move. They're not, they're never recognizable enough. Yep. I honestly think I probably would have done Bride of Frankenstein, even though, I guess it depends how much time I have to think of it, because I, if I did Bride of Frankenstein, I would know that I would be at risk of being in the bottom or safe at max, because I don't, mm-hmm. I think when you pick a character that's that recognizable and that close to the brief of the show anyway, you're kind of playing with fire. So what would you do with Bride of Frankenstein to make it your own? Um, Honestly, I think I would do, I think I would go classic. I think I would go classic, but I would, um, what would I do? I'm so bad at this, honestly, but I I think I would do classic, but I would probably do some spin that would be like the black and white makeup to make it like classic. And then I, I guess I would have to mix it with some other creature. I mean, you could, and this is probably the same thing that was going through Sigourney's head is like, she wanted to do Bride of Frankenstein, but- Oh, wait, no, I know what I do. I know what I do. Yeah. Okay. I would do Bride of Frankenstein, but like the lightning had struck me and burnt me. So I would, yeah. So I would have like an entry point on like my neck where Mm -hmm. the lightning had struck. And then I'd have like gross, disgusting, melted, scaly skin all across my chest, down my body. And I would like walk out like limping. Like I was dying. That's what I would do. 
I would have liked that a lot more than this kind of it. She gave me a cougar vibe with the cheetah print and the gold underneath. I don't know why it was just kind of it kind like of get- cougar bride of frankenstein i think she had fun with shapes it kind of gave me the oh i'm gonna order this because i'll i can use it after the show for something else like another <laughs> that's kind of what it gave me <laughs> free clothes i can relate to that yeah like i'm gonna spend all my money on this but i want to make sure i have at least one thing i can use afterwards fair <laughs> um yeah i think that's what i would do okay i think we'd be successful <laughs> yeah um do i have the makeup skills now no, we, we, we have to see <laughs> I feel like making wounds and that kind of thing, like it's a very specific type of SFX um, education that it takes. So if you are not used to that, I can make bruises, but that's about it. I couldn't make a- You definitely need help. You need help beforehand. Um, So we get, they're like uh, behind the scenes thing is the cauldron. So they all get there before they have to do their extermination challenge. Mm -hmm. Zawa shows her ass again. Of course. (laughs) Of course. Well, first of all, before she even like has her like little panic attack, she just gets nasty to people. Like they are dragging Formelda. Uh, what do they do? I mean, they're they're talking about the critiques. I don't even remember what Zala says. I think she says her critiques were fine or whatever, but they weren't living for the prop or whatever. And then Formelda Zala says the judges loved what she was wearing. Right. They did not. Uh, they did they not creepy, but you couldn't tell what character it was. I mean, we're serving delusion. I mean, Formelda yeah. thinks she got good notes too, which is. And, and Formelda's response is incorrect. Like the lack of self-awareness in this situation. Zava yes. thinks they loved what she was wearing. Formelda thinks she loves what they were, what she was wearing. Um, right. She literally says, I would add more needles if I had another chance to do this. Like, that's And then not- Zava's like, you wouldn't change those shoes because they're ready for the shoes. Which, exactly. I have to be honest. I was team Zava for that one because it's like. Oh. Right. <laughs> <laughs> it, the lack of self-awareness from both of them. It was just wild right um and then zava like has a breakdown when because i think they they announce like the extermination right which is going to be it's a, it's actually a classic so season one the first episode they did this um where they bury you alive under an undetermined amount of dirt and then they basically dump shit into the coffin <laughs> um right. and zava starts having a mental breakdown uh because she just had to like bury her sister i think yeah yeah, it's yes. her sister. So she starts having a breakdown and uh, she's lucky that the other girls weren't quite as nasty as she was to Astrid. Yes. <laughs> because she really loses it. I don't think Zava's well. I don't think so either. She just, I mean, something's up with her ability to filter what she says, the lack of self-awareness. I mean, she goes from being a sore loser to, in episode one to when, episode two when Astrid gets upset. And Astrid's like basically holding it. She's still kind of being bitchy, but she's not being as bad as Zava is in episode one. She's like, oh, well, you need to know how to accept failure here and there. And it's like, well, do you not remember what just happened? And how nasty you were when you were in the extermination? She kind of reads, I mean, I think sometimes people like, she she gives hints that she's had to kind of be be like, like a parental figure in her family for a while and you know she had to grow up really quickly and you know I don't know if she's originally from New York but I think she is originally from Brooklyn which is already kind of a tough place to grow up with and grow up in general even in situations where you have a lot of things that are benefiting you in your life you know um so I I think her behavior kind of reads as symptomatic of someone who has always had to be grown up and put on a front and always be 
that fiery, intense person who is the best at everything and is always right, um, but who has never had, perhaps never had the time or been able to take the time to reflect on that and unpack that. Um, I mean, I feel bad for anyone she's had to raise. Like if she acted like a parental figure, I've been through that. When my nine-year-old sister was born, I acted like a parent figure with her. And if anything, it taught me when to shut my mouth. Like you need to be the adult. Even if you're 10 years old, when this is starting, it teaches you that you have to be the adult. So if she's playing parent to anyone in her family, I feel bad for them because she's not acting like it. Right. I mean, also, again, we just have to recognize this is a pressure cooker environment. It's a reality TV show. Sometimes we act differently and we show our ass when there's cameras like focus on us. But Zava is definitely also also just like her being like, no, no, no. What happened to you Astrid was different. This is real. I'm real. This is the only true experience. She definitely even further on like her and the other New York queens like definitely have the vibe of like, I'm the only one who's right. And I'm the only one allowed to say anything. And I'm also the only one who's allowed to feel anything. (laughs) Yes. Yes. It's just a lot. It sucks the energy out of the room. And it it definitely would be a lot. I think it definitely contributes to the breakdown of (laughs) relationships later on. Yeah. But the extermination challenge comes and Fremelda and Zava get buried alive in a coffin. And basically there's like, they like throw dirt over it. From what I've heard from Meatballs podcast, who was a contestant who actually had to do this challenge. Like, it's kind of like, they say six feet under, it's more like four. I'm sure that there's, I am sure that there's something in place where you can knock and be let out, although you'll get exterminated. But the first thing that they do is they throw, I think, like crickets in. And, you know, that kind of, I mean, Zava is, especially in this moment, at least Zava's not well. Zava is like already having a meltdown, getting into the coffin. Mm-hmm. Um, so she's like crying. Fremelda is like a little calmer, but like she she does start to freak out as soon as they dump like the bugs on them because it's live bugs. It's yeah. not any it's not anything like I mean, spoiler alert, but next challenge they have to like put leeches on themselves, which is awful and horrible and wretched and hurts. But I mean it's it's not bugs that are gonna hurt you at least. I mean, I think after that they put maggots. Okay. Um, and then finally they dump water on you. Okay. Which yeah. That part I do think is, I think the bugs it would be disgusting feeling, but the water is like basically waterboarding, so it would yeah. be very upsetting. I mean, both Just of them bring it in their faces, right? Which both of them start to have like really intense reactions. Then uh, Zava ends up on top, and we unfortunately have to say goodbye to Fumala Hyde. Yeah, and this is kind of when I was looking through our notes, this is kind of when I realized how the intro is um, a hint at Formelta being exterminated. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't like click that the masks at the start are hinting at Formelta. Honestly, until I listened to the podcast that mentioned it, I didn't think of it either. But yes, so at the beginning, like basically a bunch of people put on the masks and then become like murder zombies and the ending scene let's say which they always do like an ending extermination which i think is cool they've always i don't know if they've always done i don't remember if they've always done the interesting but they've always at least done the ending where it's like an extermination that's unique to every person so you get like your own death scene i think that's awesome i would do that without being on a competition show do you um, think they film that before or after they know they're like they might film one for every person because mm-hmm. I can see some people not being super cooperative with oh you are eliminated by bitch but also you have to film your own death scene right I mean especially drag queens I can't imagine that they're always uh happy campers when they get told that, that they're not going to be continuing the competition 
I know for, again, Drag Race, like a lot of the times in earlier seasons, so they have promos, right? And, and Dragula has a promo too that you shoot and that's like the promo before you release the season, right? And for Drag Race in the earlier seasons, after the first episode, they would film it and the girl would have to stick around Oof. and then do it. And now they do it where it's after the season. So everyone who's been eliminated has to come back and do the promos. Ah, okay. okay. So I would have- Some time to process before they- Yeah, I, I don't know what the protocol is for uh, Dragula. I would imagine it's not the same day. I don't, I don't think they go from the extermination to filming the whole, uh, you know, ending episode death scene. Mm-hmm. I, I also, I imagine it'd probably be a couple of days where they go back or maybe, you know, like a couple days after they're eliminated, they film it or they all go back and then for like a week they film them, something like that. It would be a lot of scenes to film in one day and especially because all of them are like super different. Yeah. But yes, I do think, <laughs> long story short, yes, I do think it's like later on um i it's i would imagine that they didn't necessarily leave right away because of quarantine stuff i mean this was shot during quarantine but you know they they all do live in a house together during filming so okay uh they're not sequ- like drag race you basically everyone has individual rooms and you're sequestered and not allowed to talk to anyone wow. outside of filming Okay. I don't think Dragula has more budget now. I don't think they have that kind of budget because like trying to house people in individual rooms in a hotel, mm-hmm. that's so much money. And then aside from that, you know, Drag Race obviously has to have handlers that are making sure you're not leaving the rooms. I just don't think Dragula is quite at the point yet where they can do that. Um, and I think that becomes, I think that aids in the natural nature of some of the stuff. But I also think it's a hindrance to the quote unquote story of the show because a lot of the times like there's stuff happening in the house that they vaguely mention on the show, but it doesn't get explained and they can't explain it because it doesn't happen in front of the camera. Which is, seems kind of weird for me for a reality show. And I mentioned, I watched America's Next Top Model. Mm -hmm. Like they have them all living in the house and they film them at home. And a lot of reality shows do because drama and shit happens at home. Right, I mean, like, especially, I mean, again, jumping ahead, but Sigourney and Mary being like, oh, we talked about our dead moms and blah, blah, blah. You know, where was that? I imagine it's probably a budgeting issue. They don't have the money to pay for the camera crew and stuff. That's, you know, 24 hours, let's say. Yeah, to stick around after hours. I think it's definitely on an upward trajectory. You know, the sh- I mean, clearly the show's on an upward trajectory. It has way more money. And who knows? Maybe next season or the season after, they'll implement that. Yeah? Yeah, you never know. But, uh, you know, we say adieu to formaldehyde, which the, the closing death scene is formaldehyde and uh, Zava running away from the crazy mass killers. And then Vermelda doesn't make it. Yep. Um, but yeah, do you have any closing thoughts? Well, actually, as our closing thought, why don't you say who your front runners are? Um, I really like, let's see. Uh, Hoso is super cool. Um, mm-hmm. Definitely love her art, love her personality as much as we've seen of it. Um, she seems like a really sweet and talented gal. Um, I like Jade personality. I feel like, you know, the drag was a bit underwhelming. Uh, Saint was awesome. Mm-hmm. Rooting for her. Uh, Sigourney super cool, even though the drag was a bit underwhelming for me in the first episode. Mm-hmm. And uh, Coco and Betty. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think first episode, in terms of personality, I loved Betty. 
Um, I don't think she necessarily delivered. Um, I think my front runners for this episode are definitely Saint and yeah. Um, Coco. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, they're, yeah. they're bringing it from the start to a good yeah. degree. Based on performance, I'd say Ho- Hoso and Coco were my two favorites. Oh, and Hoso. I would say Hoso, Coco, and uh, Saint. Yeah. Um, well, if that's everything, then thank you so much, Lena, for coming on Dead Inside Podcast. Um, thank you for having me. Yes. Hopefully, if you have some time, you can come back and we can talk about more Dragula. Woo-woo. Woo. I'm super um, down. Yes. Woo. Regular guest. Hey. Hey. Okay. So uh, where can we find you on the social medias? Um, my handle is at Lena underscore DeLuna three. Um, my Facebook page is down right now. It might be up in the future, but it's mm-hmm. Lena DeLuna. Uh, and yeah, yeah. If you can follow me on Instagram, my TikTok is Lena DeLuna three with no underscore in between the first and last name. And check out my clown stuff. Yeah, she's a social media mogul. <laughs> I don't know <laughs> if I can say that, but maybe, maybe yeah. someday. Yeah, fingers crossed. I you can find me individually at Emberg Horror on Twitter. All of this will be in the description in case you need the spelling. Um, if you want to get in contact with us, the Dead Inside Podcast, you can email us at the Dead Inside Podcast at gmail.com. Um, and if you want to find us on Twitter, I got very drunk um, and made a Twitter, which is at Dead Inside Pod. Um, so you guys can go and follow us on that. There are two tweets, um, and our Gmail is dead. So <laughs> there's that. Um, but thank you so much again, Lena, and to all the listeners. Bye. Bye.